to this week's episode. I believe we're on episode six yeah. of what, 13, something like, something like that. that. Yeah. I don't even know. A lot. More than 10 this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week's episode is if so, if, if, last, if last week's episode was part one, this week's episode is part two mm-hmm. when we're talking about gender as a facet of our cultural identity. And yeah, last week's episode, we kind of took, if you remember, um, gender and biblical examples and broke them down, broke some scriptures mm-hmm. down, talked about it. I um, mean, this week's going to be a little bit different. We're going to kind of go back to what we were doing before where we talk about experiences a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And we're still going to talk about and every, base everything off of biblical concepts and scripture, of course, but really want to focus in on what people's experiences in the church has been with relation to their gender Mm -hmm. yeah so this week we are bringing back mel from last week and we're also bringing on uh kimberly shivers Mm -hmm. um you'll notice both of those both of our guests for today are women um and that is largely because um it's typically women who kind of draw the short straw if you will when it comes to uh leadership in the church ministry Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, in in a lot of churches, unfortunately, in modern day America, um, don't get the privilege of preaching or um, being in a leadership position or having a leadership title simply because they are women. Women, and unfortunately, yeah. that is the reality. Mm-hmm. And I, I am excited to have Kimberly talk with us, as she is, as she will bring up, she is a single woman in ministry in mm-hmm. some places, and. Even that in itself can be a really difficult position because, um, well, I'll let her talk about it, not me. (laughs) (laughs) She has plenty to say on the matter, that's for sure. Yeah. So just like last week, uh, we encourage you to send in your questions on about this episode. Um, It is this one in particular is very personal um, to our guests and to me, to all of us. Um, It's a it's a very sensitive subject and. Um, please send us any questions you have about this episode, any concerns, et cetera, et cetera, to podcast at culturebound.com. We would absolutely love to hear from you, even if it doesn't quite line up with what we'd mm-hmm. like to hear. Yeah. So we're, we would love to hear those uh, rebuttals, um, questions, comments, concerns, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of our way of opening up the airways almost, you know, opening up the conversation because it hasn't been a conversation that's been able to be talked about. So we mm-hmm. we hope that it will open up a conversation, a constructive conversation mm-hmm. between you and your peers, you and your church, or you even in, in us as an organization, as Culture Bound, because um, we're all about building those bridges and those relationships mm-hmm. and hearing about people's experiences. Absolutely. That is the very reason why we're doing this episode the way that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So we put together some questions for Mel and Kimberly, and I am just, I'm super excited to get to share the result of that conversation with all of you listening. So this episode, we're going to be talking about gender and more specifically we're going to focus on the the way that gender takes a role in church and different positions within the church what it means to be a woman 
in the church and we have two wonderfully amazing ladies in to um to speak on this and just share some of their experiences as they've both grown up in the church but we have melody Steele and kimberly shivers in to talk about some of their experiences and we're going to deconstruct um gender a little bit just for the audience's sake um but thank you both for being here would you each mind giving a short introduction of who you are and what you do i'm melody Steele. And my husband and I co-teach a class at church. I've had other ministry roles. I was choir director for 10 years. And I've, I've done everything from drama to kids' ministry just as opportunity arose. Wonderful. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Um, My name is Kimberly Shivers. I think I started attending uh, between the age of two or two and a half. And my parents uh, were married in this church when I was three. Um, Oh, that might be awkward. (laughs) It was a second marriage for both as they were both widowed. And I have been at this church ever since, with the exception of, you know, four years for college and another two years for acting conservatory. Um, yeah, and I have been involved in, boy, from toddlers up through kindergarten and junior high and high mm-hmm. school and ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. of all sorts, and here I am over 50 years later and still here. Which is amazing. It here is, to yeah. stay. I feel like that is such a rare story because, I mean, I don't know, just watching people come and go mm-hmm. and church shop, basically. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the culture that we're in at this point. Um but it's rare to have someone stay at the same place their whole life and never really. Yes, and, and there were times uh, when I was going to leave, but this is family, mm-hmm. and this church is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone here is family, and this church has evolved um, socially, um, spiritually so very much that I could not leave even if I wanted to mm-hmm. and I don't <laughs> get it <laughs> I don't think we yeah we don't want you to yeah. <laughs> yay thanks <laughs> um so I think where I want to start is when we met before this episode to talk about what was going to be on this episode Um, One of the things that we talked about was being a single woman over a certain age um, and not feeling like you have a place in the church. Would you guys break that down a little bit? Yeah, um, I will. Um, Women, especially in the church, are expected to marry and have children. and, And there are many roles for married women women with children, uh, and when you're single, it gets more difficult to, in my opinion, 
or in my experience, I will say, feel a part of the church because church is built for couples and families. Mm -hmm. And I would say socially, financially, even sometimes ministry-wise, it is very difficult to be single and be yourself. I, you know, I will say, you know, it's sometimes painful too. You know, after church, people go out for dinner, they go home with your families. And I feel like sometimes I'm left standing at the front of the sanctuary going, oh, I guess I'll go home and have leftovers. Mm -hmm. Not that it's always like that, but, you know, there's a piece of that. It's, you know, what Sunday school do I fit in? I'm, I'm not a senior. I'm not a, I don't belong in the young marrieds. I don't belong in the family cornerstone building class. I, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) growing up, there was kind of the nerd singles class or the, you know, the misfits, but I'll be, I'm not a social misfit. I, I, right. Yeah, <laughs> you are right. a very sociable person. I, I, I hesitate to say that, but, you know, there are those classes, and I never really fit in there, and those classes didn't last long. And, of course, we're such a cool church. There's, there's no longer any of those misfits hanging around. I don't know. But, but that was part of it, is mm. that the only single class was full of, kind of socially challenged people and that was that was difficult to attend as well without mm-hmm. you know it felt like almost more of a ministry to go attend that class in a sense not feeling like you're being poured into yeah and not that I not that I have to be poured into I think you yeah. know there's a time for that and there's a time to go and minister and um, I don't know. It sounds kind of, I don't know how to talk about that appropriately without sounding like a social snob. Sure. <laughs> you know, it, um, but the truth of the matter is there were no people like me, you know, young in the workforce, having, you know, going out with friends at night and right. this and that. But there just wasn't anything appropriate for mm. me. Mm-hmm. And even in the college youth group, being a single woman is a kind of precarious place to be because everyone's kind of looking around and seeing yep. where, are the, where are the matches, who's matching up. And it, I... I just wanted to have friends. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to have somebody fall in love with me. I would love to be married. Mm-hmm. But that is neither here nor there. It's not how my life turned out. And I have a lovely, wonderful life. It's not that I'm pining after that. But, gosh, it sure would be nice. Right. But that didn't happen. And so how do you, as a single woman, have friends with men as well as women and not have that weird dating thing or 
are they looking at me as a potential something? Because mm-hmm. that was always in the air, it felt like, yep. when I was mm-hmm. that age, going yes. to that particular Sunday school. Yep. And myself, yeah. being in the college age group now, that's absolutely how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to just get together without the expectation of that, like, would be so nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is, but I don't think we have taught our men and women necessarily how to be friends without that no we haven't it's pretty yeah in the air it's kind of taboo it's like if you're getting too close to someone then Mm -hmm. we need to split you up because we don't want anything going but the interesting thing is that i have not had that problem in the secular world like on the job or totally with secular friends from college I've only really experienced that in the Christian world. Same. And I mean, what you said about the church being built for couples and for families, I think Mm -hmm. it's also built for coupling. Yes. Put a verb on that. (laughs) Um, So I I think that kind of adds to that is that the the idea is that you can go to church and meet someone there. um, And so the environment kind of forces you into those type of Mm -hmm. relationships in a way even. and to where it's just harder to be friends sometimes because that's always this overhead approaching thing that whether the leadership knows it or is pushing it or not, it's just kind of there, I guess, yeah. It is, even at the point where I remember my mother saying, you know, Kimberly, Mm. so-and-so went to the youth group at such and such a church, and they're engaged now. Have you ever considered going to such and such a church? To get engaged. Exactly. And I thought to myself, mm, no. Why? <laughs> because you know what? If God wants me married, God can find me a mate. Whether I'm here mm. or in Africa or in Sweden or in Italy, wherever I am, I don't need to change churches Mm-mm. to find a mate. Yeah. If God has That's one for me, <laughs> I'm sure he's perfectly capable of bringing him to Montevilla Baptist. Montevilla Church, as we call it now. <laughs> That's a great statement of trust on your part, and I admire you for that. You know, thank you for that encouragement, but honestly, I really feel like that's a gift mm-hmm. from God because I look at so many women around me growing up that weren't satisfied to be single or weren't satisfied to not have children. And I never really understood that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't honestly, I didn't understand. It still doesn't negate the fact that I'd love to be married. <laughs> right. But God has given me a pretty amazing life, and he's provided for me every step of the way. Mm-hmm. So what have, you know... Yeah. I have no reason to be dissatisfied or malcontent. Yeah, I'm but at the same blessed. time, the church isn't set up for single women Mm-mm. to either be successful or what have you. Like, yeah. it is specifically set up for married women and, dare I say, married men to yes. almost climb the church ladder in a sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Or um, if you're married, you can fit in better, you can go on dates with other couples and mm-hmm. that's your social life you know mm-hmm. so totally get well, that and it's interesting i i would honestly say 
that I feel like single men are viewed in my experience as well they just haven't found the right one or they're not asking enough women out or you know whereas it feels like the single women we're looking at well what's wrong with her Mm. why isn't she married why isn't she because men have the power Mm. to ask a woman out to pursue and in church culture, women do not have that power. It's mm. true. That's a good point. Yeah. Sad point. <laughs> hmm Yeah. I had somebody tell me, I was thinking about going to Bible school at one point, and I had somebody tell me, oh, there's a lot of great godly men there. <laughs> you know, you'll find yourself a great husband. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm going, <laughs> for sure. Wow. Mm. $120,000 husband. <laughs> You get your MRS degree. Uh, But it does, it shows how our culture's thinking or how this weird church culture thinking kind of permeates. Yeah. And it's really Mm. funny because that's not what the Bible necessarily promotes. Yeah. Yeah. At least not consistently, you know. Yeah. Like I see some couples who really succeed in ministry together and... Like, it's very clear that God has put them together in marriage for that purpose, you know? Um, And then I, like, there's also Paul, who it's like, he's telling people basically, stay single, like, use your years as a single person to serve the Lord, and that's part of his message. And so, like, where did we get mixed up? Like, oh, marriage is the goal in life, and this is how you're going to fit in, is by, you know, having your partner and being married. And Well, I wonder if it's because... As women, we are very relational, and we have a desire Mm -hmm. to be relational, to be with other people in relationship. Totally. Mm. I think that's definitely part of it. And on both sides, when someone meets, you kind of find a new part of your identity in them as well. I mean, I feel like, and at least for me, when I was single, it was more difficult to find my identity in, you know, in, in the easy answer, the biblical answer, you know, the Jesus answer, whatever you want to call it is, you know, oh, my identity is in Christ. That's easier said than done. Mm, <laughs> so yeah, you can almost use it as an excuse to feel more whole, more identity by, by just being married itself. It's kind of a easy, quick way out for a little while mm-hmm. of that kind of identity crisis almost. It's interesting that you say that. I remember very distinctly, I think it was in junior high and it was right around Valentine's Day. And it was something about one of those conversational hearts, but I, re- I don't remember what it says now, but I remember putting mm-hmm. it in a locked box that I still have. Oh, I do remember. It says, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a very distinct conversation with God and just saying, I will wait for the right one. And if it takes forever, I'll still wait for the right one. And I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to go looking for it. I'm going to let you orchestrate that. But I will wait because I would, I would rather, I came to later in life, know that I would rather regret being single all my life than regret being married. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. regret what I think or may have whatever missed out on than to regret what I have. Mm-hmm. And the Lord has honored you with that. I see it that way. Oh, thank you. And maybe mm. some of us who are married think, 
the grass is, I mean, I think everybody kind of thinks the grass is greener. Yes. Um, but yeah, to see each, to see people in their identities, um, as gifts to the body. Mm, why don't yeah. we, why don't we value people like that? Anybody, mm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that by and large is such an important message that scripture gives us because yeah. mm. we're all yeah. part of the body and you know if one part hurts all of it hurts mm. but you can't you're not a whole body if you're missing your right hand you know like if you're not allowing it to also do work you're cutting it off you're you might as well cut it off So just in your own experiences as women in the church, have there been times where you felt either cut off or um, not being put to use in the way that you would love to be put to use? I've seen it um, most recently with uh, how widows are treated. Um, and I think that that's what hurts single, single women, widows, those who are vulnerable. Um, I special see needs. special needs, mm-hmm. um, those who the body is supposed to protect. Um, we, we haven't done a good job of protecting and building up those who we would perceive as being weaker. How can we create? I know Jody asked the question, how can we create a culture of honor where we, where church could be a place where we really did put the needs of others above our own. Mm-hmm. And if I would come to church and say, how can I encourage, is there a single person? Is there um, someone weaker that I could build up instead of thinking, is this the right church that's going to be a nice mm-hmm. place for my family to have family activities? It's just a different mindset. Yeah. Truly. Totally. I think that verse that you were... Um, talking about where it talks about um is it the weaker um members of the body or the that we protect that we cover that mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. you know uh, we keep as private and i have always thought of those people as the mentally emotionally physically disabled people um people that it's more difficult to interact with it's not easy Mm -hmm. um and i've always thought of those people as as who he was talking about in that verse and how do i honor those people how do i protect them how do i cover them and keep Mm -hmm. them safe and keep them from being exploited Mm -hmm. and you know i do a good job with some and with others i do a deplorable job yeah, I do too. There, I mean, there have been Sundays where I'm like, oh, I am. I do not want to talk to this person today. I don't have the energy. It's going to be mm-hmm. too much work, you know. It is, and have made that an excuse. Yeah, like mm. I'm not going to pour into this person today, even though I know they need it, because I don't feel like it, and mm-hmm. it would be too hard, or it would be embarrassing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, it can take a toll on your social standing when you pour into those people and mm. love those people or 
it can bring enlightenment mm-hmm. to other people. You know, growing up as as women in the church and perceiving um, that that we were viewed as as lesser, um, or that I have actually heard when you when you talk about leaders, women leaders in the Bible, people have said, "Well, that wasn't God's first choice." He settled for a woman instead of because there was no man available. And I think, wow, you know, is that me? Is that me? Are are people settling for me or Mm -hmm. um, just little little vibes like that? Yeah. Mm. And not being Mm. able to trust that. No, it's because I'm gifted this way and God has chosen me. What does that say about God and our view of God? He's settling for part of his creation. He's. That seems really weird. I just don't buy that. No, that is not not how Jesus talks about. About anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Jesus was like, oh, I got these 12 fishermen. I guess I'll have to settle for that. Right. That's what he said. I'm I'm quoting that wrong. Well, it's interesting to me that in weddings, the verse that man is the head of the woman. You know, just as Christ is the head of the church, they say that verse, but they don't say the verse that Christ loved the church so well that he gave his life for her. Mm-hmm. They never say that in the wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's always, you know, or at yeah. least any wedding I've been to. About the wife they, submitting. It's about the wife submitting. Well, what about the fact that we're supposed to submit to one another? Yep. Yeah, it's got to be a how... time constraint that they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Oh. I just couldn't fit that part in. Right. Yeah, exactly. It just feels yeah. like se- selective picking and choosing. Yeah, for what we're going to use out of the Bible. Yeah, to put women in their place. To yeah, you know, women have been gifted and called as so many things and. You know, you look at different translations of the Bible. We were talking about um, if anyone has the gift of mm-hmm. and how if it anyone. uses does use the male pronoun, but it means it in a universal way. Yeah. If anyone has the gift of preaching, let them preach. If anyone has the gift of prophesying, let them prophesy, teaching, teach, mm-hmm. you know. Serving, serve, encouraging, encourage. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 And yet. We mm. put gender-specific stipulations like, on boundaries. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do that with and titles. How, and, and how is that right? It's, it's not. <laughs> mm. I I feel like it's so much more of a tradition than it is a biblical truth. It's culture. It's not. It's not biblical. It's what the culture has said. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a man, you can have these titles and you can have this position mm-hmm. to have control, you know, and a lot of it's about control. A lot of the time the church is about controlling where women get to go, unfortunately, just because that's the culture we're in. Which is sad because women do end up doing the job of pastoring, yes. the job of teaching, mm-hmm. the job of apostle. Uh, uh, they do do it. Yes. They just don't get the title 
and they are not recognized. And I don't mean them to say to say recognized because we need them to have power or position, right? But recognized so that they can do their job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, they have the true. freedom to move and work in the church. Isn't that what leadership is meant to do? Is free up yeah. the body to do the work and forward the kingdom of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. submitting to one another. Yes. Yeah. And I love, well, okay, so my mom just got married this, like, last weekend, and um, her husband wrote the charge to the bride and groom, like, from scratch, did it all himself, mm-hmm. and it was about the verse of how men are meant, or the passages about how men are supposed to regard their wives, and took it and said, okay, so... If this is how men are to regard their wives, this is actually the wife's role in the marriage is to be honored, is to be cherished, is to be loved, is to be understood, is to be nurtured. That is her role in the marriage because that is Christ's job for the church. That is the church's job under Christ is to be honored and cherished and loved and nurtured. And so when we're talking about submitting, we're, we're not submitting to someone's whim you know, we're submitting to being loved by them. Mm. And that's actually what it's referring to. You know, you're submitting and trusting this person to love you, mm. not to take that's control so of the Lord of your life. Yeah. And that is wow. a trust, a matter of trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, yep, and that is tough. the dating process. That's like the dating yeah. and engagement process is figuring out what you can trust, how, what you can trust mm. this person to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you took the whole passage, just didn't pick and choose the words you liked or something. <laughs> he, I mean, and he wrote that. It's yeah. not like my mom wrote it and said, I want you to say this because right. I'm not feeling loved this way. It was he went mm. out of his way to make sure that was the message that was given. Yeah. That's And beautiful. it's so, I know, it made me cry. Uh, it was yeah. wonderful. Get me all the clump <laughs> right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. Way to yeah. go. Now there's a cool. man for you. Mm. I know. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't take it and say, okay, what can I gain from this passage? You know? Yeah. Oh. So what can I give from this passage? What can I get from this marriage? Exactly. Mm. What can I give to this marriage? What can I get from this church? A prize that you win. Yeah. So it's a totally different switch on what it means to submit. Mm. Yeah. But I, I love the idea of talking about what does submission mean mm-hmm. because it's right. a dirty word it is mm-hmm. especially for women yeah it's yeah. a dirty word yeah we don't i like hear it. it and i just cringe yeah I'm like no but it shouldn't be <laughs> right it should be a beautiful trusting co-growing living together thing that Mm-hmm. can get messy but in the end grows into such a beautiful beautiful thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah the messier it gets the more potential it has to be a beautiful work of art yeah yes yeah. amen wow that scene in the picture of christ coming to earth and giving himself yeah the picture that we're supposed to portray as husband and wives as church members to Mm. each other um it's a it's a tall order but it's like would you trust and submit to someone who 
came as a man that way. Yeah. Was born in a manger yeah. with animals and was raised Wrapped and in rags. In yes, yeah. and spent his whole adult life ministering and serving to people and raising up those who were seen as weaker. Mm. That's the kind of person that I would submit to no question. Yeah. Like I'm not it's it's about submitting to being loved and nurtured to yeah. someone by yeah. someone. Yeah. I love the idea of of, of that. Yeah. I love the idea of submit not meaning control but trust. I love yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That makes lot, so much more sense. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And that's trust what it is, does mean. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I've been like wrestling with the idea of trust lately. It's like, mm. it's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's weird being asked by someone, do you trust me? And it's mm. like, well, it's more than that. It's what do I trust you for? Like okay. everyone can be trusted for a particular thing. You know, everyone's consistent in some way, unless they're a total psychopath and you can't trust them for anything. Right. But it's like, okay, well, I can trust this person to keep me safe or be looking out for me and that's what I can trust them for rather than just a blanket statement of I trust you mm. you know and so it's it's specific in getting to know someone yeah. you know like you get to know who they are and what they can be trusted mm. for regardless of if you would trust them with a specific thing or not that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah well I think how how has Christ in, entrusted us with gifts to steward mm-hmm for the sake of his body and we don't we don't hope to serve so that we can lord it over or have a position or make a name for ourselves mm-hmm. but we want to even well as women we want to to serve to build others up right yeah. and i feel like there's a general feeling of being held back mm-hmm. in that and saying, no, you can't do this job or this job because you're not a man or you're not married or you don't have kids, whatever. Yeah, it, it's even in my experience has been that a young woman can say something and you know, she's a young woman. She's a young woman. We can't really take what she says. You know, she's not wise. She's not, you know, a married woman has, has something more to say because she has experience in church culture, in my experience. A married woman with children has even more to say and more credibility. I'll say, Mm -hmm. because she's married, she has children. Uh, A single woman doesn't have a lot of credibility unless she's a single missionary, a lifelong missionary with a, you know, lifelong ministry. Now that's, that's some credit to your name. Sure. Um, you know, then, then what you say has some validity and some meaning other than that unless it's in the realm of comedy there (laughs) there really isn't at least that's been my experience yeah Mm. you know yeah well and i could see a married woman looking at a single woman 
and like thinking, well, what would you know about my life? What, how could you possibly speak into my situation if you haven't also lived it? Well, I'll tell you what, because single million women watch yeah. and look mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're looking at what we would like to have eventually. And I see so, I see so much. I mean, to the point where I truly believe myself to be a marriage and child rearing expert. And I say that in jest, but I also say it in a little bit of truth or maybe a lot of truth because I've seen it all go down around me for the last 50 something years. And how valuable is an outside eye? Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that, but yeah, I, I don't know. And I think, you know, God gifts us as far as seeing things and I see marriages and I see how they treat one another. And I just think to myself, wow, if you, I don't know, as an outsider looking in and sometimes wishing that I had that opportunity, you know, I don't really know how to end this sentence. (laughs) (laughs) but you know there's there's i think there's a wisdom that comes with visualizing all different kinds of marriages and all different kinds of child rearing situations and seeing i i've seen kids grow up in the church in many different situations kids that have turned out kids that haven't and i don't know feels like it's god's grace more than anything formula yeah, yeah, it's not a formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, I think, I think we're so good at judging other people. Mm. So easy to yeah. do, you know, and so I think fun. women <laughs> are, I will say it feels like women are under judgment mm. far more than men. Yeah, People look at the children and if they're misbehaving, who do they look at? Who do they Mom. talk about? The mom. That's right. They talk about the mom. They don't talk about the dad. They talk about the mom. And is it the mom's fault? No, I don't, not necessarily. But the mom does get judged for it. It's true. You know, Mm -hmm. if there's a single woman and a single man, I'm telling you, again, (laughs) they're looking at the single woman as what's wrong with her that nobody wants to marry her at the single man of, oh, well, he has, he's too busy at his job. Oh, he has the gift of singleness. How noble. <laughs> How noble. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's oh. true, though. And if the woman walks up to him and greets him, like if she mm-hmm. makes, then of course she must really like him. Of course. Yes. Because there's no way she could just go up and say hi without really liking him. No. And that's always the way it is. If I sit next to a man in church... Mm. I will guarantee you that no less than five other men or women will come up to me and go, so who was that? Who was that you were sitting next to? Hmm. Ooh. Ah. It's happened many times. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you're talking about well if, if a single woman's in full-time ministry like a missionary mm-hmm. then then well no that that's something you know that's held higher than uh, 
a single woman who has a job and ministers on the side. And I think it's we, very we, true. we take a lot of the, the time, verse your from job, Paul. Your regular job is your ministry. Exactly. Yeah. But we, we kind of take that. I mean, I think that's a deeper rooted issue in the church is that missionaries are thought above the commonplace worker, of course, yeah. you know. So I think that gets applied there too. Well, so it, are pastors and pastors' and pa- wives. Well, well, of course. And they're held, and pastors' children <laughs> are held to a much higher standard than any other man woman or child in the church (laughs) it's unfair it's totally unfair it's not right it's too much pressure Mm -hmm. yeah again those that we're supposed to be supporting and honoring and we we tend to tear down and well Mm -hmm. i'll i'll agree or i'll just go along as long as this person preaches what I like and what I agree with, but if they if they say something controversial, then I may withdraw my support. Mm. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but Yeah. Yeah. I can't even tell you how much I disagree with that mindset. Like if we're supposed to be a body and right. not a right. club. No, yeah. Yeah. That I can choose to be a member of or withdraw my membership if I so choose. Mm-hmm. And there's a better mm-hmm. club down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and not even being willing to engage in a conversation about it. Like, exactly. If you're just going to hold yourself way up here on your pedestal, on your high horse, and like, my ideology is better than yours, and how dare you mm-hmm. contradict what I think is the gospel truth, even if it has nothing to do with the gospel. <laughs> and, like, just pick up and leave. I don't understand that. It's not relational. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with people, which is what scripture is all about. It's what mm-hmm. the actual gospel is all about, you know. And it's not the example of Christ that we see when he runs into those issues with the Pharisees exactly. or with other religious leaders. In fact, uh, it's what the Pharisees and religious leaders act like. That's what, what they're, they're emulating. They're not, yeah. not Christ's actions, who was to keep asking questions, to, to change the game. Mm-hmm. So to speak, you know, to 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 go after the relationship, like you're saying there, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think all these things we've talked about that that happen, especially with single women um, and women in ministry in the church. How does that affect your identity? to be told that you need to submit to someone over power or control like what does that do to your identity or to, or to have the church say well you're not as useful as this other person in full-time ministry or you're not as useful as this married woman like that that's ha- got to have some effect or toll on your personal identity and your relationship with jesus even because yeah well i've heard comments like what does my genitalia have to do with the job that I can do mm-hmm. or the way that I can serve. And frankly, I don't know. Is it, does it come down to just that? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. It doesn't. And when we, oh. when we disallow people from serving, and again, mm. it should be serving, not desiring to make a name for yourself. Right. Um, then people will look for their identity elsewhere. If mm-hmm. I can't use my gifts here, 
I can use them in in the world effectively, and I will be respected yeah. there. So I, I then search for my identity somewhere else. Yeah, and that's one thing like mm. the secular world sees women that way too, mm. in a lot of places. Like you know, big feminist movements. That's what they're trying to like solve, mm. right? Or overcome, or overpower, or whatever. It's mm. like, well you don't treat us equally and we're victims of X, Y, and Z. And so even there, like you take on, you almost take on a victim mentality mm. or there's a propensity to that. Um, and so, yeah, it's not something that's going to get solved by, you know, walking away from the church and trying to find it in the secular world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. True. It feels like, um, in the secular world, at least, I know that I can have a friendship with a man. Yeah. That there's not that cloud of, ooh, does she like me? Doesn't she like me? Does she trying to, what's going on? Mm. That is not as prevalent in the secular world, I have found, as it is in church culture. Also in the secular world, you know, women who have gifts of leadership or um, administration can certainly do that job. They can't Mm -hmm. really so much in church culture. They can lead women's ministry. Well, okay, yes. Women or children, yeah. But God forbid they have a gift for you know, seeing to the heart of a matter and being able to tell the truth about, Mm -hmm. you know, God forbid, Mm. (laughs) because they can't say it to a man, even if that's their gift, not Mm. in church culture. And I just don't understand why it is not the person and their gifting, regardless of their well, I'm going to say it, genitalia. Yeah. I don't, I do not understand that. Mm. I, I don't think it's biblical. Mm-hmm. I think that there are plenty of examples of women in leadership roles, um, serving the people. And again, I don't say this about being power but about the freedom to use your gift mm-hmm. to, to forward motion the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like, I feel like our hands are tied. Um, yeah. And, and that makes mm. me, I'm sad. It grieves yeah. me. Yeah. It grieves me. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's not like I was sitting here wanting to place blame or wanting to lambast the men. That, sure. that is not right. it at all. Yeah. I just grieve the missed opportunities that women could have to make forward motion within the kingdom of God here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we've cut, we've cut our, our witnessing ability in half by yeah. by saying only the males can have a, 
a role of of teacher or preacher or leader it's like wow you just cut the gospel in half yeah and on top of that how are we seen by the outside world as archaic Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. brutal Mm -hmm. as exclusive yes Mm. and that sexist sexist yes paternalistic Mm. it's so sad i feel like there's a is there a bible verse about um what happens to people who stop other people from being in ministry or doing the lord's work or people that try to impede on the lord's work i feel like there's Mm. some sort of punishment that comes upon them afterwards (laughs) i don't know maybe i'm crazy um there's a verse about teachers and preachers isn't there woe to you if you lead people astray you'll be held twice as accountable okay the woes to the pharisees um if you if you prevent someone from entering people who are trying to enter the kingdom you weigh them down with burdens um Mm -hmm. and you're and you don't lift you don't lift a finger to help Mm. so almost like being a woman in the church sometimes feels like a burden or you feel burdened because you because of the position that you're in well i mean if you yeah if you're told that constantly then yeah, yeah. it definitely that's is a the burden message that's being it's a, pushed it's a huge burden to to carry to say you can't do ministry because of this or you can't do this because of of your gender but if if we could feel embraced instead of just tolerated mm-hmm. well we're gonna uh, let you we'll let you yeah. do this gift or this ministry because you have the support of your husband or you're under your husband or you're under we'll the let you do it. elders or but you can or because we yeah. give a caveat from the pulpit that about, you're okay yes you are a woman but you're very gifted and there's an opportunity here which mm-hmm. has happened mm-hmm. so many times mm-hmm. because of the simple fact that it was a woman doing a a ministry job that was more upfront, mm. more in view of the general congregants. Mm-hmm. So, at what point does, because it's almost, it feels like sometimes leadership is trying to not step on people's toes Mm -hmm. in the way that they decide where women can go and Mm -hmm. women cannot go and it's like well at what point do you make your congregants uncomfortable you know and I mean we do it all the time on other fronts like Mm -hmm. there are sermons about humility and giving and serving all the time that make me uncomfortable and I think that's the point of a sermon a lot of the Mm -hmm. time and so at what point do we start doing that on the basis of gifting and so service? In, in, in my experience, that's not very common um, outside of Montevilla, are uncomfortable sermons. Um, very comfortable sermons are, are the commonplace. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's what I appreciate about Montevilla. But that's a good question. So even like for in general here or elsewhere at other churches, when, especially at the, with, with the subject, when do we make people uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. I mean, my answer is all the time, but. Right, mine too. I'm like, well, let's go. Let's dive in. This reminds me of a quote by Maya Angelou that says something along the lines of, you know, I did as well as I could Mm. until I I knew better. And when I knew better, Mm. then I did better. 
Yeah. And I wow. think it's a matter of education. Yeah. Of um you know, I I don't know that people are so aware of this and it's you know, it's difficult because <laughs> certainly hope I don't come across as this enraged woman wanting power you know wanting to be (laughs) noticed or you know given whatever you know and it's not I love Montevilla I love my family I love the leadership and the pastors and elders are amazing but you know I why isn't there a woman on the elder board are there not women who are wise, who are gifted with insight um, to be able to see to the heart of a matter, to be able, you know, men have certain characteristics. Women have other characteristics and they balance each other out. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we using, why aren't we making use of our women who are wise and and who love the Lord and whose hearts are submitted to Christ, mm-hmm. why aren't we using them in that place to yeah. balance out? And it's hard because, like, because the elder board and pastoral leadership is men, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm not going to barge into an elders meeting and claim my spot, you know? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. But... The thing is, like, unless there's an invitation to that, like, it has to be an, like, an invite, you know what I mean? I'm not going to go and, and claim that, you know, but what kind of a picture would it paint of submission to one another if there was an open door to that kind Mm -hmm. of a thing, you Mm -hmm. know, like, if there was an invite that went out to, you know, certain women that have these giftings of leadership and wisdom and insight, like, hey, we want your input, come sit with us, and we want to talk with you about these things. Or, like, what, how, what kind of a picture would that paint? Yeah, or pray you know with what? us yes. as we seek the Lord's guidance in going forward. You know? I think it will take an invite, though. Yeah. I think that yeah. will be key. Yeah. And I think leadership gets very comfortable because they've been doing the same thing for 300 mm-hmm. years and the mm-hmm. three same or more than that, whatever the man years are the same. If you want to use the word power structure, control structure, whatever kind of church structure has been there. Um, and so, why, I mean, if you can't see why it's broken, then why would you change it? But that's, I think, when tradition starts mm-hmm. to become law. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think about the same idea as far as dancing. Dancing at this church was taboo. Whoa. Taboo. If you were going to have your reception at Montevilla, there was not going to be any dancing. And it was frowned. It was taboo growing up. And then it became, well, okay, but you're, you can't do it on, you know, church property. And then it became, okay, well, you can do it, but only in Fellowship Hall in the basement, not in the sanctuary, God <laughs> forbid. But, you know, this is what I love about Montevilla is that our leadership keeps going back and looking at Scripture and seeking the Lord and saying, well, why 
aren't we dancing? Why is that wrong? wrong? Why are we saying it's wrong? Yes. Because it's not wrong. Yes. And it's, this is about celebrating a moment. It, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting all the clumped. It's a beautiful <laughs> moment. Of course yeah. we want to celebrate that. And I'm so thrilled that, you know, the leadership changed, you know, because not, you know, they realized yeah. that this is not, this has been more tradition than it has been biblical scriptural teaching. So yeah. let's change. Mm-hmm. Let's change that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love I, that mm-hmm. about us, mm-hmm. about Montevilla. We learn better and then we do better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I know some will say that we've caved and that we aren't holding up what what some interpret some passages of scripture to teach. Yeah. And we want to say that we are are not um, ignoring those passages. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kylie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you how over I am of like people using scripture to back up their traditions mm-hmm. rather than the other way around. Yeah. Like looking for specific passages to say, this is why we're doing this and this is why it's good. And it's like, well, you're bending that. That's so out of context, you know, um, versus building your traditions about what scripture says is good. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about that in the last podcast. Uh, Yes. There's a little commercial for the last podcast. (laughs) In case you're wondering about those scriptures... Uh, go re-listen yeah. to that if you, ha- uh, or listen listen. If you haven't. So. It's yeah. spicy. It's yeah. good. Mmm, delicious. Um, because definitely scripture is our guide. Mm. Um, the Holy Spirit speaking through his word is, mm. is where we, um, yeah, we are, we're submitted to that. Number one. Mm. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether I'm submitted to the Holy Spirit or am I submitted to what culture says is correct? Isn't that, I think it's interesting that in the church I grew up in, which is not the church I attend now, although it is the same church, <laughs> <laughs> I was taught A plus C equals B, uh-huh. and that's how to be a good Christian. Mm-hmm. And I was not taught about walking in the spirit, about constantly keeping in contact with God through prayer, um, through correcting my mindset, through taking every thought captive to the truth of Jesus Christ, and how much harder it is to walk out my faith that way than it is to follow the commandments, do 15 minutes of Bible study at least a day, and it has to be in the morning, not in the evening, and have a prayer list and pray every day and, you know, be a good girl. And they watch 30 minutes of Netflix each night. (laughs) No sex, no drugs, no rock and roll. Mm -hmm. No dancing. And then... (laughs) Or dating boys that do. All right. (laughs) And then I'm a good Christian. Mm. But I look at the Bible and I see people like Abraham who 
said his wife was his sister and let the king sleep with her. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> you know, Peter, who, oh my goodness, talk about a jerk. That man. You know, all oh, these, all these different, I would all want to say characters because it's not a comic book. This is the Bible. This is truth. This is the scripture. And all these founding fathers of our faith, patriarchs, were as sinful as they come, just like me. Mm -hmm. Just like me. Mm -hmm. And just like everybody around me. And how can I judge someone else for what they've done or for how they're acting when I know that God uses people just like me. Mm-hmm. And he uses them despite their gender. Despite. And despite mm. um, any other, any other. Perceived yeah, weakness. Yeah. yeah. And, mm. and including all the ugliness and sinful nature that comes with it. And that's the glory of God. That's the glory of it all. He takes, he takes our crap and makes it gold, mm. you know? While we were yet sinners, mm. Christ died for us. It's also interesting, like gender is just one part of yep. our identity. It's just one, and I mm-hmm. feel like we make it this big, huge thing sometimes, and it is a substantial part of who we are. If we don't have that, something's, we're not, like, we're not quite human, you know? But at the same time, like, there's so much more than just, oh, I'm a woman. Why does that have to be the thing we use to yeah. divide and mm-hmm. define each other? Like, And it's interesting that we're talking about church and gender in this episode with identity because I feel like a lot of Christians' identities come down to the church they go to and the gender they are. I mean, there's for a lot of Christians, there's not much outside of that, honestly. And it's true. (laughs) And so that that's where a lot we take our worth is what church we go to, what that means, then what gender we are, and what that means. And that's not necessarily a healthy way to to view gender or the church. Right. And in church, there's only there's only a few prescribed ways to be a woman or Mm -hmm. to be a man. Yeah. And we don't have very large definitions of how to fit in that box. Yeah. It's like a, a, a guy who paints his nails, like, isn't going to be as accepted, you know, not to call you out, John. Yeah. Like, <laughs> someone's probably going to comment on that, right? Right, yeah. Versus, completely. like, well, a man is to have short hair and a woman is to have long hair. My, mm. uh, my second well, son go. is very adamant about that, <laughs> that, that I should have long hair. That's so sweet. Oh. <laughs> Why should I have long hair, Sam? So that you'll have migraines all the time. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Hair is heavy. I'm learning that. For those who cannot see me in the podcast, I have long you hair. You could play Jesus in I a could. church yeah. you know, musical. That's the only reason you can have right. long hair. You know, I, that, that makes me think of a bumper sticker I had for a little while that said, um, Oh. Well-behaved women well-behaved rarely, rarely, rarely make history. Make history. Oh, and yeah. I had a few people like challenge me on that, who were men I love actually. That 
No women no challenged women you challenged on that. Me How on interesting. It, but some Just men did. Men. Well-behaved men didn't really make history. Well, but here's the deal. If you think about it in the Bible, was Mary the mother of Jesus considered a well-behaved woman? Uh, no, no she, she was pregnant was outside of wedlock. Exactly. Oh, pregnant yeah. outside of marriage. Mm. Mm. Not mm. well-behaved according to the culture of her day. At yes. all. Hey, and I think about it. It's Joan of Arc. Not mm-hmm. considered a well-behaved woman. Rosa Parks. Exactly. People, women mm. who, who stood their ground mm-hmm. for what was right, regardless of what other people thought of her. Mm. Which, that should be the definition of well-behaved. <laughs> but it's not. But uh, it's yeah. not. If you're a woman, yeah. a lot of the time. And, and isn't that sad, though, that that even has to be a, a thing? You know, yes. and yeah. why is there nothing compatible about men? It's the women who are always getting in trouble. Uh, what was I watching last night? Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. Where she's in the classroom and her classmate keeps like pushing her and like provoking her. She finally like lashes out and she gets right. sent out of the room. And like, I mean, you see that thing happen all the time. Like that happened in school for me, plenty of times where it's like the girl's the one getting in trouble for the guy being inappropriate. Like, really? Is there anything else that either of you are wanting to say or feel like you haven't said yet? I want to say, excuse me, part of my, what I try to make my mindset is that I'm not here to promote myself. Um, mm-hmm. That if the Lord, the Lord is in is in control, even of what I perceive to be inequality. Um, Jesus mm-hmm. didn't consider equality with God something to be, you know, tightly grasped. He made himself nothing, and if that is my role model um if he is my role model and if i am going to take the attitude that i'm not here to be served but i'm to serve and i don't get put in a position of of leadership um i i don't want to to spend a lot of time dwelling on that but to yeah. to realize that you know from my study in the book of daniel it's God who exalts. He's the one who lifts mm-hmm. up, and he's the one who, who brings kings down. So if, if I am trusting him, then, then I can trust him for any gift or, or lack of ability to pursue a gift or to use a gift, that he's in charge of that ultimately. And mm-hmm. so I want, I want that to be my mindset. Well yeah. said. Well said. That's super, super well said. Yeah, it's not about gaining a position mm. of power. And just because you don't have a title or aren't given the position or whatever doesn't mean you're not in ministry yeah. or you're not yes. doing that role. I would say for me, it's not about a position. It's not about a title. 
it is in some sense about the freedom to be able to mm. use my gift yeah. to further the kingdom of God, to further mm-hmm. the bride of Christ, to create more understanding. Um, yeah, more understanding so that we can come together and be stronger as a body. And mm. be the picture that we're to be. That that picture of oneness and mm. mutual submission, mm-hmm. so the world will know that. Uh, yes, the, so that the yeah. world will know that we are one. Yeah, the Father has sent the Son. Amen. We're all got to answer eventually to God, and so what's our answer going to mm-hmm. be? Right? Yeah. Uh, thank you to you so thank much you. for being on this episode. Yes, this and was so coming great. and talking about stuff. That is controversial, but mm-hmm. it matters. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you, you are, for having us. You are us. gracious hosts. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Glad, mm. glad the to listen. The snacks were fabulous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> they are pretty. A wide range High of class. <laughs> fruit snacks. and it's, it's just packaged charcuterie. Ooh, packaged charcuterie. Think of it that way. Very nice. Where's the wine? I think you mean Where's the wine? Sugar. Um, I couldn't buy it, so it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>